Ibram X. Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist, A Crash Course. My name is Robert John Boyle. Today is September 9th, 2020, and this is RJB 365. I do not have the cover for this book because I don't like hardcover books. I think every single book should be paperback, but that is neither here nor there. This is one of the most popular books that has come out in 2020. It has been a very, very big hit amongst black and white liberals. And so I decided to read it. And now I'm going to give a crash course on it. This is going to be kind of dense. Um, I think this is going to go on for about 20 to 30 minutes. We'll see. I'm going to try to keep it short. It's going to have a lot of definitions. It's going to have a lot of content. I'm going to do my best to one, make it simple and make it comprehensible, and then also make it relevant to things that are happening today. And my hope is that after listening to this, you will have one, a really good understanding of like how much you agree with Kendi. And you'll also have an understanding of how the left and the right are thinking about racism in this moment in America, because whether or not you agree with Kendi, I think the framework that he lays out makes it very, very clear to kind of figure out what you think and where you stand on a lot of the issues that, you know, we've been talking about. So let's dive into it. So let's start with some definitions. Number one is what is racism? According to Kendi, racism is, and I quote, a marriage of racist policies and racist ideas that produces and normalizes racial inequities. I think one thing that you will notice right off the bat is that Kendi uses a lot of the terms that he is defining within the definitions that he uses to define them. So let's unpack that. Number one, what is a racial inequity? A racial inequity is, for instance, the fact that more white people own their own homes than black people. That's a racial inequity. Anytime different races are not on approximately equal footing, according to Kendi, that is a racial inequity. A racist policy, according to Kendi, is any policy that leads to a racial inequity. So for instance, under Kendi's framework, redlining would be a racist policy. Redlining after World War II was carried out by the Federal Housing Administration, and it basically said, hey, you can loan home loans to white people, but not black people, right? And it led to the creation of the white middle class and not a black middle class. So racist policy leading to a racial inequity. And then a racist idea, according to Kendi, is any idea that infers that one group is superior or inferior to another group. So a racist idea could be something like, oh, black people just care less about homeownership. That would be clearly a racist idea that is used to justify the racial inequity that was brought about by the racist policy. Okay, so that's that's point one. The next definition, definition that is relevant is what is a racist? According to Kendi, a racist is, quote, one who is supporting a racist policy through their actions or expressing a racist idea. And then an anti-racist is the exact opposite. An anti-racist is, I quote, one who is supporting an anti-racist policy through their actions or expressing an anti-racist idea. Okay, let's back up. So we talked about what a racist policy is and what a racist idea is. So we know what a racist is, but what is an anti-racist policy? An anti-racist policy is exactly the opposite. It is anything that leads to racial equity where racial groups are on approximately the same footing. So for instance, if 
the same percentage of white people and black people were employed within their groups, that would be a racial equity. And then an anti-racist idea is any idea that infers that the races are equal despite all of their differences. And by differences, he means differences in culture, like what kind of music people listen to, for instance. Okay, so one more definition before we dive deeper into the book. And so for Kendi, the reason that he creates this dichotomy of racist and anti-racist is because for Kendi, there is no such thing as being not racist. And this is one of the biggest ideas in this book. And it's, 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 a, it's a controversial idea for sure, because I think myself and most of the people who end up watching this today and for the rest of time would say that they are not racist. They are not racist. But for Kendi, you're not allowed to do that. There's no such thing as being not racist. In every single moment, you are either being racist or anti-racist. And the key point there is that these are not fixed terms, right? You can say something racist at 11 a.m. and then say something anti-racist at 1 p.m. You can support one policy, which is racist, and a whole other policy, which is anti-racist. These are not fixed terms. At all times, we are either being racist or we are being anti-racist, according to Kennedy. So there is no hiding behind the term not racist. And again, the reason he creates this dichotomy is because he wants to eliminate the middle ground, right? You are either actively attempting to dismantle racism and systems that enable racism, or you are either actively supporting those systems or you are complicit in them. But there is no middle ground. Complicity is support. Silence is violence. You are either racist or you are anti-racist, according to Kendi. Okay. So now let's talk about why. So again, this dichotomy was created in order to eliminate the middle ground. But obviously, Kendi wants us all to strive to be anti-racists as much as possible. And this gets into the central argument of the book. As an anti-racist, which Kendi wants us all to be, our enemy is racist policy, right? For Kendi, racial inequity clearly exists. I think everyone, even all of those on the right would agree with that. Racial equity, racial inequity exists. But for Kendi, the central argument that he makes, the central argument that he makes is that racial inequities can be 100% explained by racist policies. And by racist policy, he means not only the policies like redlining, but the racist policymakers who put those in place and the systems that enforce and allow those policies to remain in place. And so that's a really key point. If you don't take anything else away from this whole spiel, this whole TED talk, this whole lesson, take this away. For Kendi, he believes obviously that racial inequity exists and that it can 100% be explained by racism by racist policies, racist ideas, racist policymakers, the people who enforce them, etc. And so if you take nothing away, if you take nothing else away, you can understand how much you agree with Kendi by where you would fall on that sliding scale from zero to 100. And that's the next point I want to make, because I want to talk about the people who completely disagree with this for a second. And those would be the conservatives on the whole other side of this argument who would argue that 
racist policies have very little explanatory power when it comes to the racial inequities that exists. They would argue that more explanatory power lies in the behaviors of certain groups. And so again, if you take nothing else away, where you fall on this sliding scale from zero to 100 of how much explanatory power does racism itself have for the racial inequities that we see in the world today? That's kind of where you fall. That's where you stand on this left-right political spectrum when we're talking about racism specifically. That's what we're talking about. And if nothing else, I appreciate that Kendi made that so clear because I think that is the very most foundational delineation that we all need to make for ourselves when it comes to how we think about racism and what we need to do to combat it. Okay. So now let's dive back into the book for a second, because this, this spectrum that I've created, right? Zero to 100. Kendi has three groups that he thinks fall on this spectrum that kind of inculcate or incorporate almost everyone in America. And so the first group is what he calls the segregationists. Okay. So this is a definition from the book quote, a segregationist is one who is expressing the racist idea that a permanently inferior racial group can never be developed and is supporting policies that segregate away that racial group. Okay. That was pretty dense, but I'm going to try to explain that. So a segregationist is someone who thinks that the explanatory power that racism has for present racial inequities is like really close to zero. And so this is someone who believes that the racial inequities can be explained by the behavior of individuals or the behavior of groups specifically. This is someone who would say something like the reason black people are overrepresented in jails and prisons is because black people are inherently more violent. That is very clearly a racist idea, one that a lot of people in America hold. Kendi would argue that these people are segregationists, right? The next group, this is, this is where it gets complicated, right? Because the next group is going to involve many of the people who are watching this video, myself at times, because I think many of us fall into this group and the anti-racist group at different times, but I'm going to explain. An assimilationist, an assimilationist is, quote, one who is expressing the racist idea that a racial group is culturally or behaviorally inferior and is supporting cultural or behavioral enrichment programs to develop that racial group. Okay, the fuck does that mean? So basically, an assimilationist is what most white liberals are. Most white liberals at certain times support assimilationist policies and say assimilationist things. And the idea fundamentally is that black people are inferior in certain behaviors because of racism, right? This is nurture versus nature. Black people are X because of Y. Right. And so someone who is an assimilationist might say something like, oh, if there were just more role models in black communities, then things would be better. Or if we could just get better education into black communities, then things would be better. Or if we were to assimilate the schools and allow more black kids to go to white schools, then things would be better. Right. 
And the reason that this is tricky is because this idea of an assimilationist is really based on compassion and understanding and context. But for Kendi, it makes the mistake of inferring that a group is inferior in any way. And so that's where it goes wrong. And to contrast it with what an anti-racist is supposed to believe, quote, an anti-racist is one who is expressing the idea that racial groups are equals and none needs developing and is supporting policy that reduces racial inequity. So to close the loop on this um, on this context or this idea that I've been threading through, a segregationist is someone who would say black people are inherently more violent. That's why they're overrepresented in prisons and jails. An assimilationist would say something like, oh, we just need to, there needs to be more role models. We need more education. We need more resources in black communities. An anti-racist would say something like, no, there's nothing wrong with black communities. You need to stop over-policing them. Stop allowing police to loiter in black communities. That's why black people are overrepresented in prisons and jails. There's nothing wrong with them. It's the policy that is wrong. That is what Kendi wants us to believe as anti-racists. Okay. I want to loop back around to this assimilationist idea because again, myself, and I think many of you, most of you who watch this video today and in the future are sometimes assimilationists and sometimes anti-racists. Kendi himself even admits that at many times in his life, he was an assimilationist and that he tries and is trying to be an anti-racist as much as he can. But here's the crucial point. For Kendi, there is nothing wrong with any of the racial groups, not by nature, as a segregationist would say, nor by nurture, as an assimilationist would say. This idea of behavior, like an entire group of people can't exhibit a behavior. That doesn't make sense. Behavior only makes sense in the context of individuals. Individuals can be lazy. Individuals can be very, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? I'll come back to it. Individuals can be lazy. Individuals can be smart. Entire groups of people cannot be lazy or smart, right? So for Kendi, there is no such thing as group behavior. There is no white behavior. There is no black behavior. None of us are race representatives. We are all individuals who have individual qualities and individual behaviors. So this idea that assimilationists have, that an entire group of people are inferior because of something else, just is 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 flat out wrong because it implies that they are inferior in any way as a group. Okay? So that is where Kendi stands. So I want to close the loop on everything that we've said so far. And I want to talk about the path forward specifically because I think this is where the most disagreement lies between people who agree with Kendi and uh people who don't <laughs> agree with Kendi. So to to summarize Racial inequity exists, right? Racial inequity exists because of racist policy, 100%. Those racist policies came to be because of self-interest and greed. Racist ideas came afterwards to justify the racial inequities that those racist policies created. And the reason I added that part, which I didn't say at the beginning, is because it informs the path forward. A lot of liberals, black and white, who are also assimilationists might are, are, are like at this moment, at this moment, trying to change hearts and minds, right? One thing that Kendi 
ardently believes is that the path forward is to combat racist policy, not to try to change the hearts and minds of racist people, which is ironic because this book is literally being used as we speak in schools and businesses across this country to try to teach individual people how to be anti-racist. And it's as if they kind of missed like the last three chapters of this book, because he makes very clear that what we need to be doing or what anti-racists need to be doing is combating racist policies at a local, state, and federal level. And for Kendi, he argues that if we replace racist policies with anti-racist policies that create racial equity, then hearts and minds will change after versus what a lot of people are trying to do at this time, which is to change hearts and minds then and then hope that that will have an impact on the policy, right? Kendi thinks the egg needs to come before the chicken, not the chicken before the egg. I don't know if that made sense, but we went with it. Okay, so I hope that was clear. I hope that made sense. I've tried my best to keep my personal opinions out of this explanation so that I could just kind of like give you this 300-page book in as condensed a form as possible. So I want to give you a little bit of insight into the way uh, I'm thinking about the next few episodes I'm going to create. So I want to create an episode about like the critiques of Kendi, like people who disagree with him. And then I also want to do an episode about like what I think about everything that he said and specifically the path forward, like is combating racist policy exactly what we should be doing. And to give you just kind of a preview, um, th- there's there's kind of like three buckets of people who, who take um, who, who disagree with a lot of what Kendi is saying. The first is obviously conservatives. So conservatives are going to argue that r- racial inequity can mostly be, be explained by behavior. So that's definitely one bucket. There's another bucket of black and white liberals who would argue that this idea that racism and systemic racism is just racist policy and the policymakers and the people to enforce them. There's many that would argue that that is way too, that is way too, it's not broad enough or deep enough or to explain what systemic racism is. They think it's not enough, right? That there's more to it than that. And you might be able to tell, even I am not quite clear on that. And so that's something that I'm going to be researching. And then there's also another bucket of people. I think many black liberals would fall into this bucket who would disagree with the notion that there doesn't need to be some type of behavioral enrichment within black communities. Now, there's also a lot of black Republicans, black conservatives who would say things like that, like we need to start caring more about ownership. Um, And I think to a certain extent, there are some important points that can be made there. I absolutely believe that we need to be investing in black businesses, you know, black economic empowerment. I think all of that really, really matters. And so there's definitely a bucket of people who would argue that there is some type of behavioral enrichment that needs to happen, but it's complicated because there's a difference between saying that individuals need to invest in more black owned businesses and and keep the dollar within the black community. And then there's a difference between saying that and saying that like an entire group of people need to be enriched in some way. There is a difference, but those are kind of the three buckets. I'm going to try to go deeper into those three buckets and explain what problems they find in Kendi's narrative here or his framework, his ideas. And then I'm going to go deeper into what I think. And my hope is that, you know, in doing this work, I'll get closer and more clear about what I think the path forward needs to be. Because I think there's so many different things that are happening. happening. There's so many different groups 
so many different efforts, so many different organizations. And I think it's just, it's important, you know, specifically for me, just talking about what I'm trying to get out of doing these podcasts for me to understand what the problem is so I can understand where I can most effectively have an impact because there's just a lot of different voices and a lot of different people saying a lot of different things and wading through that is tough, but it's important. And I need to take the time to do that. And, you know, doing this, it, it, it helps me. I don't only do this just to explain, you know, how to be an anti-racist to all of you who are watching, but it, it's good for me. So I can sort through the way that I feel about these things. So I appreciate you for listening all the way through. Hey mom. <laughs> and um, yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for watching.